0: You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre recorded show where we talk about future classics before they become classics. And today is kind of interesting because while it's unclear, I mean, certainly it's always unclear whether or not the movie we're going to talk about will become a classic or not. With this one, I think uh, we're talking about a director who has already firmly established himself as one of the most important directors of our generation. But this is his third movie. And, um, you know, he firmly established himself with the first two. Is the third one as good? We're talking, of course, about Jordan Peele. And the movie we're talking about is... Nope. So, we're going to get right into that. I'm going to say this right here. Uh, I don't think it's possible to talk about this movie without spoiling it. Shockingly, we actually don't spoil that much, but I still think that if you want to go into this movie completely blind, you should, and that is the best way to see this movie. Uh, we give a spoiler warning right at the beginning, where we, where, like I clearly say, like I don't think we're going to talk about this without spoilers, so, you know, bow out early if you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to, but if you have seen this movie, then you're in the right place. And now, uh, you're gonna hear a little bit of the music from Nope. This is Jupiter's Claim, which I think is a really, really good track to sort of summarize what this movie is about in one, uh, in in just one orchestral soundtrack. Personally, your experience of the movie may be quite different. Let's hear Jupiter's Claim. to another episode of heatwave radios classic movies live the pre-recorded show where we have yet to talk about a jordan peele movie but we're gonna fix that today uh pierre if i remember correctly yeah it's it's super weird like it feels like i mean he only has three movies and it feels like they've all come out really recently but like us was what two years ago maybe three even
1: um yeah 2019 summer i think and or april or something like that yeah
0: he's got a what do i want to say i don't know like this isn't actually jordan peele has a really weird brand like a really cool uh brand and name recognition because like He'll bring out, you know, his his movies that have come out so far are, what, around three years apart each. I think Us might have only been two years after Get Out, which is, like, yeah. that's normal for a, for a director. Some directors are insane and put out, like, a movie every year, or there's Steven Soderbergh and put out, like, two movies every year. But, like, you know, two to three years between movies is normal turnaround time, and yet, like, It feels, I think, more so than any other director I can think of at this moment. Jordan Peele movies kind of feel like an event, like the whole world is waiting for them. And, like, Steven Spielberg was there once. Steven Spielberg still is, like, a big director that people pay attention to. But, like, I don't think people are as hyped right now. Like, I don't think the general public, everyone, is as hyped right now for The Fableman's as, like, a general audience was for Nope before it released. up Like, as far as maybe a year before it released.
1: Yeah, I I mean, Get Out was, like, a cultural phenomenon, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I can't really see any effects in terms of, like, how it was, like, I would say influential, but it, it's definitely... Um may Jordan Peel like be seen as like an art very art like artistic director, um, on the level of like a Christopher Nolan, I would say almost. Uh, well, in maybe not like, that level, but definitely like in the horror genre, that's like he seems to be like the main guy right now. Especially since kind of James like, Wan isn't part sorry. of horror
0: anymore. Um I mean he kind of is. He did Malignant last year, and malignant is like legitimately good. It's really good,
1: James Bond, um,
0: and it's yeah, I think so. That's cool. And like, Malignant is also really good in the way that old camp horror. Like, it's really good and it fits firmly into like older camp horror because mm-hmm. like, Jordan Peele kind of Get Out came out around the same time as I want to say Hereditary and um, maybe Upgrade too, but like all of those movies started coming out around the same time. And right now we just have like, we've got a couple of directors that are really establishing themselves as like the new faces of, um, like, like a Venn diagram of prestige movies and horror movies, like big, like, um, directors that people who pay attention to indie movies definitely pay attention to. And also they're in horror and like do critically acclaimed horror movies. Like we got Alex Garland, um, Jordan Peele. Uh, I want to say lay Le- Wano who did uh, The Invisible Man and Ari Oster are like, I think, I think it's called, eleva- I think it's the, I think it's usually called elevated horror, but like mm-hmm. there's that clear movement and Jordan Peele is definitely like the the big guy on top for that.
1: Yeah. um, And it definitely didn't hurt that he was relatively popular as a, as a comedian or a comedy actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't, I I think get out. I mean, I think it's deserved. Get out was probably one of the best movies of the last decade for sure. Um, I mean, you can tell with just how much work he put. He said he worked on that script for 10 years and that is a i think he won an oscar for that script that it is a very very tight script like i i can't think of anything you could change in that script to make it better or worse oh obviously Mm -hmm. worse but (laughs) there's (laughs) lots of ways you can make it worse but um yeah i can't think of any ways to make it better so uh yeah that was well deserved i did think that brought him i i kind of I think it made him a little cocky because I feel like Us was like a weird follow up in terms of it felt like he really wanted to hit like the same notes as Get Out, but it was really obvious he hadn't put as much time into the script, um, even though I think it was directed really well. So it, it just mm. came out like it was there was a lot there and you could feel like the potential of another Get Out. But it didn't stick the landing at all, and I think that left a pretty sour, like, taste in my mouth on him. Especially because it just he he became like the the Hollywood horror darling, and you, he just became attached to so many different things as a producer. Um, and when I see that, I I kind of get a little, I get a little hesitant because it feels like if a if anyone blows up that big that quickly, they're usually just kind of gonna get like get used by hollywood until their their name brand runs out or brand name runs out
0: he was also uh he was also brief well i don't know about briefly probably for its entire life and i don't know how long it went up uh, it went on but they did a um a twilight zone reboot that he was a, that he was a part of he was like the narrator in it and he would you know he would do what rod serling would do where he would be on screen occasionally but he'd like narrate the twilight zone episode and he was pretty good in that role i i think i haven't seen very many episodes of that because the first twilight zone the first like twilight zone reboot episode that i saw was what if a kid became president and it was like this eight-year-old kid who's you know, the kind of kid that a bunch of adults are like, oh, he's very mature for his age, and he becomes president, and then he gets jaded by being the president. He, like, someone walks into his uh, office later, late into it, and it's like, we're about to go to war. And it's like, I don't care. I just want to play golf. It's like, what is this? <laughs> it was one of the, like, stupidest Twilight Zone scripts I think I've ever seen, which isn't really saying much because most of the Twilight Zone I've seen is incredible and this was decidedly not
1: yeah well yeah that's the thing i i mean i don't know how did wait did he write that script
0: no he did not he He was involved as the narrator but this but like the reason i brought it up is you just talked about how he like uh got attached to so many things and when i see when i see produced by jordan peele it definitely uh gets me interested but that has burned me a couple of times. I did not much care for the Candyman reboot, for example.
1: Yeah, it's just I, I think good director does not mean good producer in any way. Um, I've especially with Jordan Peele, I think uh, after watching Candyman and hearing about the Twilight Zone, I'm like, I, I don't not going to get tricked again. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I guess I guess with his latest, this nope is only his third film, uh, or directed and written film, yeah. um, So far, so like he still he's still like at a very young point in his in his filmography. Like he he mm-hmm. really just started. Um, so yeah, I, I was I was pre- kind of interested to see how he would switch it up again because I I felt like watching the trailers. Okay, well the second. The second trailer wasn't that great, but the first trailer was very mysterious and ominous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought the name was, it kind of the name felt refreshing. Um, Honestly, I think that's a big reason why I was like so into it. Like the it's a very odd title, but it's kind of meta, like in a self-referential way, which I think is kind of cute. It just feels different.
0: It's also like like, self-aware. I really like Jordan Peele has um, he's got some like stylistic. There's there's some stylistic things that he does that are um, that are really cool just because like I like it a lot of times when you can recognize like no one else would have made this movie. If someone else made this movie uh, like or made a movie with a similar plot and premise, it would be very different. And um, like one of the things that like Jordan Peele does to put his name on movies is every single one of his movies that he's directed so far has uh, no more than two words in the title. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. What's that mean? Get out. Well, now I want to get into my seat and figure out what that means. (laughs) Us. Is it about us or is it about them, the people on the screen? Let's go find out. Nope. Nope. I want to see that, actually. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good and, point, though. Uh, all the titles are, are really well done. Uh,
0: also, uh, I will be here all week. So if you want to see more <laughs> fantastic comedy based on... Are Jordan Beale, or
1: something? Or I,
0: I came up with all of those on the spot, which wow. I hope someone is impressed by, because I'm pretty sure those were not good jokes. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the... Uh, like, yeah, what you say, I mean, the title is a big part of what makes a movie good, in my
0: opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's
1: really important. So I don't know, especially how for much... marketing purposes.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't know how much, uh, say Jordan Peele has in his marketing, but like someone is clearly marketing his is, is clearly like taking him under their wing and marketing because his movies are marketed very differently than like anything else. Yeah. This movie is not... It, it wasn't marketed the same way as even, like, Midsummer, And they're both horror movies with, like, weird plots. Or at least, yeah. like, different plots,
1: right? Yeah. Do you, you want to get into the movie?
0: I Yeah. And I do just want to say, like, if you haven't seen this movie yet and uh, you want to, I think it is impossible to talk about this movie without spoiling it. I actually, like, listened to a podcast that tried to do just that a couple of days ago. And, um they did a commendable job but i think that like i don't i certainly don't trust myself to not spoil this movie i think that it would be unfortunate to have to talk about this movie without spoilers so i'm gonna put a spoiler warning right here like literally here 12 minutes into the episode if you want to go see nope now is your time perfect all right uh pierre what's nope about
1: uh oh man. <laughs> uh no is about um this guy played by Daniel kaloya I I don't remember his name. Um uh OJ. OJ. OJ is a um uh, a cattle, no, not a horse ranch owner who uses his horses as uh or he trains horses to be in films basically. Um, so if you have a movie with a horse and it's not CGI, this 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 guy would bring in the horse and he he uh tell he he'd help get the horse to do what the director wants mm-hmm. and make sure it's treated properly um, to avoid collateral damage, I guess. So uh, he lives on a farm. His dad recently passed away about six months before the events of the movie. Uh, or I guess well, it happens in the movie, but yeah. And it's, yeah, uh, basically, he I think he's 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 really struggling with the fact um, that his dad passed away. So I think he's looking, and he's not really good at the job of actually bringing the horses to, to film sets and and working with them with the directors because he's not really like, or at least since his dad died, he's not doesn't seem to be very communicative, uh, not much of a people person um which is where his sister comes in where him and his sister are trying to figure out what to do with the ranch uh i think he wants to sell it right to
0: he's he's been selling off his horses and he is entertaining the idea of selling the ranch to uh his neighbor
1: played by Stephen Yoon,
0: who um yeah What's he's a name? Um, I need to look the names up for it. Ricky Park also goes by Jupe, and he was a child star who um, basically turned his fame into um, he now runs like a Wild West attraction out in the boonies of Hollywood. Well, not quite Hollywood, right next to their ranch, which is near Hollywood.
1: He's entertaining the thought of selling the ranch to Jupe. But he notices some strange events happening and he wants to... And he believes it's a UFO and, and then basically him and his sister uh, set up a plan to get the money shot of this UFO and become famous and rich off of that. Uh, basically get the one actual great... the, the gr- How do I say this? The one great shot of a ufo cuz uh, i guess it's just referencing how every other ufo video is very blurry and you can barely mm-hmm. see anything so they want to get the one shot that'll make them rich
0: and specifically like they kind of use they kind of they kind of use their background having worked in movies to they leverage that to be like hey we can we have the we have the resources to get this great shot
1: so yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I heard this movie's a lot like a Sh- a Shyamalan movie, or not a lot, but there's like a Shyamalan movie where they're trying to get footage of some kind of UFO too. I think
0: that might um, be the happening.
1: But yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, and knowing Shyamalan, this this one's probably seen better in a better light. But uh, yeah, it's uh, what what did you think?
0: I loved this movie. I really really liked it. Um yeah, I I mean, I'll talk about why as we go on, but like um I went into this and I was just I I was pretty much blown away. Like I thought it was I mean, I really like Jordan Peele as a director already and like I was reminded why with the way that he like puts together his shots and the way that he actually uses horror in interesting like in interesting ways. I thought his um I thought that the char- characters were all really compelling and there is a twist in this movie that I didn't I I saw coming by the time that it actually came up, but I wasn't expecting it right away and I certainly wasn't expecting what came after that twist in the movie.
1: Yeah, not well- like
0: not that like their actions were were unexpected but like the movie turned into a different movie that i really appreciated.
1: Mm. I uh, I mean did you see the trailer the second trailer when you yeah uh, yeah i did. Okay, interesting. I cuz yeah, I, I don't know i kind of i kind of knew or expected everything that happened except for like the one it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was a huge twist but it was just more of a revelation um in the movie uh, about the about the UFO um,
0: maybe um this is still only kind of spoilers but uh so like not not i I'm, I'm not going to like fully spoil the ending of the movie yet but um i mean i guess i can we already gave a spoiler warning but like what i'm specifically saying is i expect i by the time that the like revelation comes up I was sort of expecting that. And, like, I'd seen the second trailer, so I knew this movie was going to be about them trying to, like, get that shot. I didn't pay that much attention to the second trailer, so, like, that was kind of hazy in my memory, but I it was still there. What I didn't expect was that the second act... is that the third act of this movie is Jaws. That is not... That's what oh, I didn't expect.
1: Okay. That's that's kind of fair. I get that. I I, thought, I
0: really appreciated that. I thought that was really cool.
1: Um... I did I did enjoy like the genre switching. I I even though I I really kinda missed the I, I think the first trailer was just better than anything the movie showed if that I mean to be fair it's a trailer, but like I think the the suspense of not knowing what was happening was a lot more interesting. Cause I, I feel like it's, there's more to this movie that meets the eye, but it's also a lot more straightforward than you might believe going into it. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like you said, it, it ends basically kind of like Jaws, um, which in some ways is cool because it's kind of a genre shift, but it's also kind of like we've seen this kind of ending. Like, we usually know how this ends, right? This isn't mm-hmm. the first time we've seen an ending like this, so... Um, well, it...
0: It ends a little more, um, uh, no, never mind, never mind. I was going to say it ends a little more hopeful than Jaws, but Jaws actually ends on a really nice note too. So, like, not that much more hopeful than Jaws.
1: Yeah, it it reminded me a lot, honestly, of um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Yeah, where you kind of have this mostly suspenseful movie and then like the last act well i guess in that movie is more like the last 10 minutes but like it becomes more of a almost like a blockbuster uh action type movie where where the the heroes i i, I it just feels like it it struggles with my um suspension of belief if that makes sense where mm-hmm. we're introduced to these uh characters and we're expecting because i feel like you write in in a horror movie you write the characters in a certain way which is like a lot more believable and vulnerable if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and then to toss them into like an action blockbuster can feel like a little weird like i i don't know how much this is spoiling but like i think the what's her name oh man the the sister m yeah I thought I thought the idea of M finding a way to fight the UFO at the end felt a little like too easy if that makes sense.
0: I mean it was it was set up in a way that I thought was okay though. Because like um oh well okay there's 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 a, a bits and pieces of it but like at the very end she still kind of gets her shot because she remembers um like there their non-electric camera ends up not being an option anymore, so she still gets her gets the photo that she's looking for by uh fi- by remembering that the Wild west theme park next door has a wishing well that uh, has a non-electric camera if you cr- if you like put in 25 cents and crank the wheel,
1: mm-hmm. which I that thought was, was a nice cool. little callback. Call I like pack. that yeah, that was really interesting because that that felt like a just a comedic moment like i never thought that was going to the best type of chekhov's like gun is the one that you don't know is actually setting up something which i really Yeah. Like. Um yeah the, that that was cool. Um but yeah i i thought it was like i like i thought it was a very well done like blockbuster movie but like not like there wasn't like a huge, I think there were parts that were trying to get to a deeper meaning, but it just feels like we're looking for a much deeper meaning because it's a Jordan Peele film rather right. than for what the film actually like offers, right? Um, there's a lot of talk about how um, the movie's all about containing um, wild creatures and using them for entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is a a theme that I mean the only other movie I can think of that kind of does that is maybe Jurassic Park, uh. But it just it it didn't really feel that deep. It felt like a very obvious like take. Um, the yeah. way it was told was kind of interesting. I I was much more interested in. I thought a much more interesting movie to me would have been a, about this juke guy and because I thought his backstory was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know more of, like, what was going on there. But that that whole backstory for Jupe was just more of a setup or a kind of a metaphor for the situation in the movie. Uh, I'm like,
0: yeah, I think... So I think that, like, what I get out of this movie is a little more broadly just, like, that it's about exploitation uh, in in Hollywood specifically. Because, like, not only do you have these big creatures that, like aren't intended like they weren't they weren't put on this earth to be in movies but we're like exploiting their we're exploiting these creatures to like for our entertainment but then like i think that what i got um i saw this movie twice and what i got out of the uh the piece in of um juke's backstory is like at the end so juke's backstory is like he's on this tv show with a chimp and the trained chimp that they have like something uh, something happens on set I think uh, think the moment that a balloon pops and it's a loud noise and the chimp goes bananas and uh, (laughs) kills many of the people on set and like permanently injures a few others and Jupe manages to survive Um, and then at the very end uh, the chimp like Goes to Jupe to give him this exploding ha- this exploding fist bump that he's like, um, like, which we interpret, or at least I interpret it, as like, oh, you are the only one who was kind to me. Here, I'm gonna spare you. Give me that exploding fist bump. And I think that's the way Jupe interprets it too, which sets up why later on in the movie he just thinks that like. He knows animals and knows what's going on, and he's overly confident because his backstory, while tragic, has led him to be like, Oh, I'm the good one, though. People trust me. Everything trusts me. Which, you know, bites him in the ass when it gets to it.
1: Well, sort of. I, I just, I didn't feel like he... He did anything wrong though if that makes sense yeah. like it was well, just mo- the it, it was more like the the UFO got pissed because of what um OJ and M were doing to it and uh jupe suffered the consequences but it, it wasn't like jupe got I mean jupe kind of got cocky but also like he his system was working if that makes sense from what I could yeah say.
0: Well, I think at least to me and like this probably is not going to end up being a very satisfying answer to most people. But at least to me, the reason I still like that is it doesn't paint Jupe in a bad light at all, because it's like, I mean, I don't know. I think he's overly cocky and I don't love him as a as a character or like I like him as a character. I don't think I would love his character as a person, but it doesn't matter. Like uh, the part that that. Like the, that backstory adds to him is yes, that cockiness, but it's but I think that it's more it's more a fake out for us as the audience because it's like, well, this is how we're interpreting this chimp's actions, and so this is and so this is how he's interpreting this other animal's actions. And like we don't know how a chimp thinks. We don't know how a space how space aliens think. We actually have no idea what to expect from these from these creatures. And therefore, like, who are we to decide we're doing the right thing? He's not doing the wrong thing. It's just we don't know what the right thing is because we're exploiting something we don't understand.
1: Yeah. Which, um, which
0: I think is kind of a cool message. I think that, like, I don't know. I totally understand that, like... That's not necessarily a satisfying message in this movie, if that were to be the message you take from it.
1: No, I think the message is fine. It's just, like, I don't really un- see why it was so important to get that across. Like, I I, I really wish they gave Juke more screen time to flesh him out, because, again, I think he was definitely the most interesting character. I, I'm surprised, like... He should have been like, like one of the leads, if not like the star of this movie, because I thought he had much more, a much more compelling backstory and motivation for doing what he did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I never really got behind the characters of OJ and M, or even the other two. I can't, geez, I gotta look at their names too. But they're they're joined by two other people, um, Angel one Torres. Of them is named and and Antler's, yeah, Antler's a renowned cinematographer. Um, they both kind of join in, and I don't really buy into them either. They They mostly just feel like they're there because they serve a utility purpose, but their characters don't really have any, like, interesting reasons to want to do what they're doing. Like, that whole group was just more like, actually, the cinematographer was the most interesting one. Um, antlers because i liked his motivation of he didn't care about the money or the fame he just seemed like a very old bored cinematographer that really wanted to challenge himself one more time and get the shot of a lifetime right mm-hmm. that was that was interesting because um he had like an ulterior motive whereas M and oj were just into it because they wanted money and it you could argue it's be, it's to find closure with their dad's death, but I don't feel like there was enough reflection on that. To really I mean, I earn don't know that.
0: What I got from OJ's motivation is he had something that was eating his horses, and he wanted to get rid of it. Like he was just sort of. The, I mean, there's there's a there's obviously what you're saying too, but like I sort of got from OJ and M that they had basically fallen into this thing and like m was ready to exploit to like use this situation to get ahead oj was ready to help her in doing that but more he was like you know this thing is gonna eat my horses if i don't deal with it
1: yeah well
0: like very daniel kaluuya in this played oj's really well but like OJ's character is that he's depressed and doesn't really want to do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I that's what, I thought it was really well performed. And I just I couldn't really buy it. I just needed more. I needed more yeah. backstory to make up for him being so depressed or maybe even seen him in a more like before his dad's death, maybe he's a lot more fun and active, and then he's a completely changed man after his dad died, like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't get any time with him before uh, Keith David bit the <laughs> poor Keith. Da- I was so excited to see him, and then he died in like twenty seconds. So yeah. he only he only really has like a minute of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was like I thought all the acting was pretty well done. I just didn't. The main group, I, I just didn't buy into the the characters at all. It mm-hmm. was um, unfortunate. Can we... Uh, I want to talk about the... You said you love the look of this film. Uh, it's it's the cinematography done by Hoyt Van Hoytima. Van Hoytima, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I saw that... Uh, I saw his name flash across the screen at the beginning and I'm like, excuse me, what?
1: Yeah, I had no idea either.
0: Yeah, he's Christopher Nolan's usual guy, right? Is he doing Oppenheimer? Yeah. Dang.
1: He's done yeah, all this... of, a lot of pretty... All of his films look amazing. I think he's the best cinematographer. Well, him or like Roger Deakins. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a very unfair comparison. But...
0: <laughs> this is... Uh, I don't know. This is me being like... I, I this This is probably more a coincidence than anything. But like... I I was thinking, I saw Hoyt Van Hoytema, and then I saw Antler's Holst, and I'm like, both of these people have weird names and are cinematographers. Do you think <laughs> Antler's Holst is based on Hoyt Van Hoytema? I'm like, I don't know. Probably not. We'll see. But, like, I think it would be really cool if Antler's Holst is just, like, a self-insert for Hoyt Van Hoytema, or I guess Jordan Peele's mm-hmm. insert for Hoyt Van yeah. Hoytema.
1: I mean, they're both certainly great. Yeah, just looking at it, I can't believe, like, say what you want about these movies you don't have to like them but her interstellar specter dunkirk ad astra tenet nope all look amazing to me so yeah yeah and he, he did not slack in this film i thought he was a very big part of what made because i i think it this could have this didn't have to be so visually pleasing to look at if that makes sense like like, they they were on a ranch, right? Like, it was a very mm-hmm. basic location. But I think... I mean, maybe it's because I knew he was doing the cinematography. But he's just so good at, like, lighting. um, And, like, the small... I guess the small details. And some of those shots were really beautiful to look at.
0: Yeah, and, like... I don't know how much of this is Hoyt and how much of it is Jordan. But both of them are, like... Both of them are at fault for this. There's so many shots in this that are just really interesting. Like they're just so cool to look at, not just because they're beautiful, but because of the way that they're like laid out. I just constantly think of the opening shot of this movie where you see, uh, this is why I say, I don't know how much is, you know, attributable to each of them where you see like perfectly centered in the frame is like a girl's shoe standing directly up, like straight up like that. Mm -hmm. And like, okay i suppose that like that has something to do with the direction as well as the cinematography but it's just such a like that that shot lives rent free rent free in my brain and i saw this the first time weeks ago
1: yeah well
0: not not that yeah, many it's weeks been but like still like 2
1: weeks but yeah
0: yeah but like that and then there's this movie doesn't cut around a lot like um this is no shade to Michael Bay at all, but, like, if you think about... Like, I remember hearing somewhere uh, Michael Bay's average shot length is, like, 20 frames or something. I don't think it's quite bad. It's probably, like, two seconds. But, like, very quick shots all around. This movie, like, if a shot needs some time or if a scene needs some time to get the point across, it just sits there. It's like,
1: we're mm-hmm. going to
0: show you this now.
1: Yeah, it's really patient. mm mm-hmm. um, Which is which really is good. good.
0: I think that... I think, like... I think that's one thing that Jordan Peele does well, because I think this is probably his most patient movie, but like even in get out and, um, and us as well. Like if he needs time to set up something so that he can like make it hit harder, he'll use that time. And here, like he has, I don't think Hoyt Van Hoytema did get out or us, did he? No. Okay. And like, Hoyt Van Hoytema is definitely totally on board with that and I think that that's why at least visually I think there, I, I have to rewatch the other two Jordan Peele movies because I haven't seen them in a while but visually I think this is probably my favorite of the three
1: that's fair I, I think I remember us being really cool to look at um, but...
0: all of them look really good but all of them look really good in different ways
1: yeah, because I remember exactly.
0: Get Out was like really psychedelic. Like it, it's kind of weird to describe it like that because it's not like an acid trip the whole time. Mm-hmm. But like the nightmare, there's a nightmare sequence in Get Out, which I don't think is actually a nightmare. I think it's actually happening in in the context of the movie. But it is insane.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like that, I haven't that's... seen
0: that movie in years, but I still remember that sequence.
1: Remember that. Yeah, it's like a very iconic scene. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so yeah, this this movie looked great. Uh, I thought the, all the acting was pretty good. I just, yeah, I think the script could have been done over a few times. I, I don't think it holds up that well.
0: I it think, like, like, to me, I get more out of this script. Like, I get more out of the script the more times I see it. So I've seen it twice, and I got more out of it the second time. And, like, I think that will continue to be the case. But at the same time... I don't feel like... I feel like there is stuff there that I've missed because it's just there's just another layer. But a lot of the stuff that I missed the first time around is less because there's more to unpack there and more because like some of the parts of the script just don't fit together as well as they should. The thing that I'm constantly coming back to is that flashback sequence, which on my second watch, I really, really liked. And on my third, I'm sure I will like it just as much or better. But on my first watch, I was like... I like this sequence, but I don't understand what it has to do with the rest of the movie. And uh, it's not and like I piece that together, but I don't think that was communicated through the script. And actually I'm not even sure if the script I don't personally think the script effectively communicates what the point of that flashback is. If there is one.
1: Oh, I yeah, don't they, like yeah. They don't. I I just like yeah, I wish they communicated that more. But I also just wish there was more. T- like it, it, it's, it's basically the same scenario, but like in a smaller, like a sample size. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it doesn't really like add much. I think you, like you could easily cut that scene out. Um, I think it's like maybe the best scene in the movie, honestly. Yeah, I think it's the most haunting, by far, the most haunting. of it ironically even though it's kind of a side plot uh and i wish that like again i kind of wish that section of the movie was was more important or maybe even like was the movie um because that 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 scene was very disturbing i'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. um because i i just think like the especially with the, the the juxtaposition of the scenario um, and even like the like, I feel like I've seen so many movies with chimpanzees, and they're also like they're all really cutesy movies, right? So to see mm. something like that turn around on his head was, um, really crazy. Yeah, uh, I think like, wait.
0: yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say so like, um, I think that's kind of that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is you could cut those scenes out and it wouldn't change the movie. And I, well, I mean, it would, it would change a lot of things about the movie, but it wouldn't change the main plot significantly. Like you could, you could still have this movie without those scenes. And like, I don't want that. I like every part of this movie. And I think, and if, if I were, uh, if I were like a producer and like trying to give Jordan Peele notes, I don't think I would change any of the major beats of this movie. I like all of them. I just think, uh, like, like you're saying, Um, or like you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, it could use another pass or two, like one or two more passes to like make everything just to tighten up the script in the, in a few places and tighten up like the, the plotting and the story. And it would be perfect. Like it's, it's close to there. All of the scenes are right. It's just, they're not, it's like, it it feels loose and it needs to be tight.
1: Yeah. it, It felt like the same thing with us um where there's i think there's like a lot of moments in us that are like amazing in their own right but when Mm -hmm. you put them together the overall uh the overall feel of it 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 doesn't really add up um and i think get out's still the only one where i think all the moments make sense or are great, and it all it's also very cohesive and it makes sense because that's the one he's spent by far the most time on so Mm -hmm. uh yeah i I just wish he'd take a little more time but yeah yeah like the like the moments i love but like, i think were amazing Where like that's there was the one scene where uh will be basically where uh jupe steven yoon and his audience uh get what was the spoiler but they get massacred by the ufo that scene was really really like haunting um mm-hmm. and i think by that Especially followed up by the scene with the storm, where the UFO is over the house and it's like raining blood over it. Those are like very vividly still in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Those were really messed up scenes, but they were also like very. It's like odd; they were very beautiful in like a horrific kind of way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, almost probably because of the way they were shot, but yeah, Th- those were messed up. Yeah.
0: Um. Do we have anything else to say on up? Not up. Um, nope Do you have so. anything to say on up? Because we didn't talk <laughs> about up, but Not just up if you either. have anything to say.
1: <laughs> the first five minutes of Up are a lot, you know. But kind of like this movie, actually, I guess they're both very haunting for scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wish they expanded more on. Uh, that I'm still kind of confused by it. The the co-star, Joop's co-star, that. Remember, he's like I had a crush on this girl, mm-hmm. my first crush or something, and she kind of shows up. I remember her very vividly from the trailer because I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is like an alien in disguise or whatever. And no, it's just a person, <laughs> the heavily person, disfigured face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I wish we got more there too. That was really, it felt like a very big reveal slash like plot element that was brought in and then immediately taken away like two minutes later. And I was like very interested in that.
0: Maybe Um, like, maybe the weirdest part of this, the more I'm thinking about this, I wonder if this is uh, maybe the biggest problem with the more I hear us talk about it, the more I'm thinking this might be the biggest problem with the movie is Jupe is a very clearly well-developed character and a well-acted character who just somehow does not get enough of his story in the movie. Because, like, mm. he, there's so much there. He's got that entire backstory. Uh, he, and, like, the last time we see him in flashbacks is as a kid. We have no idea what happened in the 24 years since. And, like, mm. his co-star is comes up very, very briefly, but she's still around. Like, I don't want to see a Jupe origin story. But, like,
1: you know, there's,
0: there's more there. Like, I think that's what I'm talking about the flashback, too that's what's missing is the connective tissue between the flashback and like current day. Not that I can't understand what's happening. It's just that there's so much there that feels like it could be fleshed a but it could be shown or fleshed out even more. And it's, it's just not.
1: Yeah. Like I, I just, I really wanted just a scene I, I Like I want to understand, like I want, I want to know what it feels like to, watch your co-star slash crush slash almost like you know old a uh, mentor figure i guess at the time because she was older than him right like get extremely disfigured and then like like you still have are, are they still friends do they does he feel extreme guilt about what happened to her does he does he feel like a superiority thing where like he's the one that survived but she's the one that got punished like what's going on there that 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 seemed like a really interesting like I much would have rather had another scene of that than like another scene of I don't know like the cinematographer grunting words that I don't understand <laughs> no I
0: I loved the scenes of the cinematographer grunting words I didn't understand I,
1: <laughs> no I thought he was such a that's a, I thought he was a really cool character too but I didn't understand anything he said and he just kind of the eyes for no reason it's like they got the shot you're not gonna get a better shot than that but he just kind of yolo's into the the thing and the shot was terrible like he drops well, the camera he didn't get the shot no but
0: but the thing was like the thing that the big i kind of thought it was a little funny like they get the shot they're ready to pack up and he's like it's about to be golden hour
1: yeah <laughs> he's like i can get a better shot and then for some like, reason, no, you can't, dude. Him walking up the hill prompts the alien to come back right to him. Like we've had well, people because, walk around the ranch before. I didn't feel like. No, but it's
0: not just walking around the ranch. It's like if you, it's like the alien. At him. Well, the alien sees movement, and then it'll attack you if you like look it in the eyes. And so he saw the thing move. And he saw the alien saw the cinematographer moving, so he goes over there. And then it, and many looked him right in the eyes. It's like, oh well, there we go.
1: I guess I it just felt like a, like maybe if they introduced him earlier, and we understood more about him. It would have been a more epic scene, but he just kind of came into the third act, and we didn't really get much from him. And the stuff we did, I didn't understand. Maybe that's my fault. I don't know, but I couldn't hear it. That's the same thing with Daniel Kaluuya's character. I couldn't remember. I couldn't hear anything both of them were saying.
0: Uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character said, "Nope." That's most of what he his did. Dialogue was. I actually,
1: I really like those scenes, and I was like, mm-hmm. I did the Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing where he's like, "Hey," he said the thing. Uh, I thought those worked. See, the, that, that the, was a good thing.
0: The first time he goes, "What's a bad miracle? Do we have a word for that?" and Kiki Palmer goes, "Nope." I'm like. <gasps> It's a double meaning. No, we don't have a, mi- a name for a bad miracle. But also, yeah. a nope bad is miracle big. is called Nope. And that's what this movie's about.
1: Yeah. It's deep. Very much so. But really not. What
0: would you, uh, what would you give this movie? Out of 10.
1: Um, I think like a
0: 6.5. Oh, damn. All I,
1: right. Yeah. A lot of potential here. Doesn't really live up to it in a lot of ways.
0: This is a hard eight for me. Like a like a I'm I I've very much liked this movie, and I honestly can't wait to see it again. Like, uh I say a lot of times on here that I'm gonna go see the movie again, and a lot of times it's just not I, I just end up not doing that. I never saw Top Gun Maverick a second time. I still would have liked to, I just didn't get around to it. I've seen this movie twice and I'm going a third time. Like it's happening. Oh. So it, it be. I, 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 just, I really like this
1: i like how jordan peele tried something very different um us felt like a wannabe kind of reliving of the success of get out this was like something completely different um that i don't feel like isn't get out shadow if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's its own thing and i i like that he switched it up and i hope he does it again in the future because yeah Um, and
0: i hope that he never uses more than three words in a title
1: yes i guess it's a lot like christopher nolan i mean other than like the dark knight movies or the batman movies all his titles are one word letter two.
0: yeah but there's a difference between something that's like memento and something that's us it's like it's not it's not just that it's only one word it's that it's one common word that wouldn't normally be a title
1: yeah no one's gonna say memento (laughs) we're not waiting for someone to say memento in the movie memento
0: yeah exactly yeah anyway um i i we haven't really talked about specifically what our next episode will be but i think our next episode will uh i'm gonna tell you the movie i'm gonna go see tomorrow and i think it's one you have also wanted to go see so that might be our next main episode
1: is it bullet train
0: it is Bullet Train. I'm oh, going to go see Bullet God. Train tomorrow.
1: I'm so happy. After six months of trailers, you I know, finally like, get to watch this movie.
0: I think Bullet Train has had exactly one. Like, they have a second trailer. I've never seen that second trailer in theaters. It's just not even worth it. They just <laughs> Honestly, only use they, the one.
1: I might have seen both, but I think they're just the exact same, like, stylistically, <laughs> that I couldn't tell the difference.
0: Honestly, it might not even be stylistically. It might have two trailers that like at a certain point just start using the same shots. Like the opening five seconds of the trailer are different. And then it's just the rest of the same trailer.
1: It has some good shots. I love every time I see that sequence where they're in the silent car or something. And one of them gets hurt and yells and they get shushed. I think I I actually like laugh every time. Like it's not even like a giggle. It's like, I don't know what makes that so funny. Anyways. It's just like,
0: yeah, I'm I'm, insane, I'm excited. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. talk about bullet train next.
1: Um,
0: it's bullets.